Welcome back to another part train. I am your host, Evan Singer. We got our other host, Matt Cermak. What's up, my man? How we doing? I'm good. Um, this was, I'm glad that we finally got back to another uh, chipping away. Um, Just you and I. You know? Yeah, I, I love the chipping away <laughs> episodes, little mini series. For those of you who are new to the part train, welcome. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, as a little on board. refresher, um, we're all about making life less frustrating than your golf game. And so we have interviews with PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, and more. You'll learn to laugh through every up and down, harness the power of the mind, and get back on track both on and off the course. And this type of episode, our Chipping Away episodes, is probably the perfect example of that. Um, Absolutely. We know you guys love the mental game episodes, and this was a little bit of a different twist. Before we talk about that, though, we've got to do a quick word from our sponsor and friends over at Roback at Roback.com. Um, real quick, the masks, they sell oh, masks man. now. Every these, mask these you are... buy at Roback.com, uh, they give a mask to someone in need, um, which yeah. makes you feel good. I know these are a little bit pricier than maybe a cotton or normal mask. They're 14 bucks. But with our code, LOVETRAIN, you can get 20% off. I'm telling you guys, I have had a lot of masks now. We're probably going to need to wear these for the near future. For, for a, a near future, for a long time. This yeah, is a long time. I, this, this is, is our I best get, defense, right? Getting a nice mask is going to go a long way. I'm telling every, you guys. Every state now has to wear them. Yeah. <laughs> this mask is the best mask I've ever worn. Let me give you a quick reason why. They've got adjustable things in the ears. So no matter what your face shape you can get it tight on your face. It's got the rowback fabric on the outside, which is so stretchy and breathable, but the inside's organic cotton. And so it's not going to give you any weird reactions or anything. It's, I think it's antimicrobial on the outside too. Yeah. It's got a little slot. You can buy these filters. I've been buying filters on amazon.com and you can put filters in the inside to give you extra protection, which is great. Um, but the best part cool, about and it, they got cool, des- cool designs, too. cool designs to finally <laughs> feel like you're looking good in your mask. But the best thing is at the tip of the nose, they've got a little wire that's flexible that you can just pinch in and it covers you perfectly. So it's, it's, Keep. it's literally the best mask I've ever bought. It's a great gift and you should just have a lot of them laying around. Um, and they're washable right. too. So go to Roback.com, enter the code love train get 20% off and get yourself some masks so that we can get back to normal and live our Love, life. Love, train. All right, mental game, chipping away. Um, we're not going to go too far into this, but Matt, it was kind of great to have a different spin on the mental game. I think so. I think uh, now that everybody's been playing enough golf this year, post-quarantine, wherever you are, you know, golf courses were closed. Um, it's time to kind of assess your mid-year game a little bit. And kind of see where you're at. And uh, I thought we got into some really good discussions about, you know, how to keep, you know, when it's going bad out there, how to manage that, right? How to think about golf as a game, you know, not as some really, you know, big sport. Um, yep. And how to, how to combine, you know, simple physical thoughts, right, um, with mental thoughts, you know. So I don't know, we learn a lot when we talk to each other like this because of how we both approach the game for our years of playing it i think we learn a lot from each other um and i think everybody listening to you know it's put a good pause you know especially if you're you know struggling with your game and and i think you'll get some takeaways here you know for your next round or your next your range session you know yeah i think there's a lot of great lessons this isn't just all 
mindset stuff. This is course management, club selection, playing to the miss. A lot of tactical things that you can take in your round as well as ways to kind of bring yourself back when you feel like you're about to lose control and it's the worst round. You're cursing at yourself and you're not having fun. I think the point is by listening to this episode, I guarantee you, you'll have more fun while playing golf. And that's the point, right? More fun and make less double bogeys. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll get right to it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. We talked a lot about the mental game. It's been some of our most popular episodes. But we usually talk about it more generally. Yep. And I thought it'd be interesting. Some, it's the hardest to be mentally strong when everything's going wrong. And so this is going to be just a very free-flowing, unscripted conversation about what's worked for us and maybe some things we've struggled with that people can relate to. And so I'm going to kick it to you. You just kick it off. What comes to mind for you that's, that's worked for you when you have really been struggling, especially, you know, playing in college when you've got to be, you're trying to grind and make a cut or something, or just get the most out of a round. What do you do? Right. (laughs) I think it's, I mean, it can be lonely out there, right? Oh yeah. When you're searching for, how to manage the round when it all goes bad, right? So, um, and then it's it's a mix of are you going to rely on a physical thought or are you going to rely on a mental thought or is it a combination of two? So for me, a lot of times, especially early in the round, when I saw my ball like, you know, two-way miss or not feeling tentative, not very powerful, um, I always got back to like, I'm not making a good enough turn. I'm not getting as a right-handed player. I'm not getting into my right side. A lot of times I would be kind of tentative and hit high right shots, you know, and just, you know, feel like I'm getting the top of my backswing and I just can't shift on the ball. And then I just try to guide it with my hands. Yeah. And, but a lot of that was from just, you know, not, you know, just not being committed. So physically I'd think about, man, you just got to make a good turn. Because that means I'm going to be, that helps me get in a position to shift and move, right? You can't, you can't shift, move and be powerful if you just, if you're making a static turn. And sometimes the lack of turn helps because you're not, you know, you don't see your target well, you don't know what shot you want to hit. You don't know where, you know, you're just like, okay, what's your target? Make a big turn and go, right? And that was always key for me, Ev. Um, but two, but it's very easy to get so caught up in what's happening with the ball, where it's going, that you can forget about those. You can forget about the really simple thought for many holes. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Was, so, so some people might be some people might be listening to this and be like, "Well, that's for you, right?" Sure. Um, so, but I think the point of what you're saying is, is that look, there is a physical key is so important. Um, before we get into the mental stuff, because yeah. you're going to struggle at right. some point, right? Like I used to fear the big number. I feel like I'd be hanging on, hanging on um, years ago, and I would just try and make it through the round without having a big number. But what mm-hmm. I remember is my best rounds were the ones that I wasn't thinking about it at all. We can get into that, where I was just kind of like very focused in my own, every hole was kind of its own thing. And then I look back and, oh, I made a birdie here, a birdie there. Oh, holy shit, I was even par through like the last 10 holes, right? Right. Um, 
But for me, you know, and the listeners out there know this because we've talked about it a lot, especially that we had Chuck Quinton on um, and other coaches on. Um, I've struggled for the last year and a half where in a way that I think a lot of people do, which is you have one key, kind of what you described where yours is getting through it, right? Turning, turning through it. Making it, yeah, feeling athletic, making a big jump. Where for me, that feel would change all the time, right? It would work at the range and I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to take this field of the course. Right. It feels totally unnatural and I just have a terrible round, super inconsistent ball striking. And Mm -hmm. then I search for a new one and then I search for a new one and then I search for a new one. The one right now that I have that I actually think has given me a lot of peace on the course is the knockdown. Yep. And we talked about this. I know a lot of beginners struggle with this shot, but to me and Ryan, one our good friend has mentioned this before that when he was struggling Rhino. with ball striking, you put the ball back in your stance and you kind of punch it. And you do these yeah. three-quarter punch shots. It's always going to be either on the green or around the green and you ride what you can, right? Exactly. And I think that's important to have a fallback. Of yeah, something I mean, I that think, you can at least feel okay that it's, you're going to be somewhere around. You're not going to have a huge miss. Yeah. I think most, you know, what tour players, college players, and single-digit handicappers would say that. When you're struggling or can't feel your bones, because every day you're, it's a new feeling, or, well, how do I get the ball in the fairway? Right. How do I sacrifice a few yards, get it in the fairway? How do I get the – how do I wheel this golf ball to the center of the green, right? Or miss it a little short as opposed to – you know, yeah. typically if you're hitting a full shot, right, then it's easier to curve the ball and you're putting it in bunkers over greens, right, right. So I think that's really important. The thing for me, I've like, and we're going to get to the, the, the mental thoughts, but you have to have a physical thought to get back on track. But it's got to be simple. You can't, I'm a big believer, when I talk about, well, just make a big turn. I can't be thinking about, well, my takeaway's got to be in this spot or my backswing's got to be in this spot, in this spot. Yeah. You know, that's too, you know, that's when you get. Two's too many. Me, yeah. Or just, or just, you know, those are things you work on in the range. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to force positions, you know, that, that because you're, you're not that good at it and you're trying to learn it, you've got to force it for a long time. It's just a lot of things in play and I don't really, you know, mess you up and make it, but who says you can't make a wide turn, right? Or who's, you right. know, or who says, you know, you can't, you know, think about, well, how's my alignment, right? You know, you know. This is the thing that I really wanted to dig into. So let's just jump into it. I find that it's almost impossible. Because let's say, let's go to the scenario that you're actually hitting the ball okay. You're starting yeah. to have some momentum. You're hitting it well. You're starting to score okay. That's when you can start to say, oh, okay, so the pin is in the back. Trouble's long. So instead of actually shooting the pin and hitting the distance of the pin like I normally would mindlessly, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the uh, middle of the green. And that way, if I catch it a little long, it's still, it's almost pin high just off the back, or I'm going to leave myself room to make a mistake and I'll be okay. Right. right. The good golfers are thinking their way through the course in that way and thinking right. about club selection and thinking about where to miss it and all that right. stuff. But it's impossible to think about that if you're so caught up in where the ball's going to go. 
And Correct. so part of that's the biggest question to me is if you're struggling with your game and you're really, you've got a two-way miss, you don't, you feel like you don't know where the ball is going. Every round you have a crazy big miss. You're like, where the hell did that come from? And it throws you off. How can you have, what's the mental solve for that when usually you spiral out of control because you're thinking about the physical stuff all day? Right. What's the balance of that? It's hard, <laughs> right? It, it's, it, it's a lot of, I mean, the two-way misses is the worst thing. It, 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 it's hard to, you know, it's hard to cure the two-way miss off the tee, right? If you're swinging hard, but, but you do cure it if you swing a little smoother, mm. right? You put it a little back in your stance, right? And you be aggressive, right? So, you know, you've got to start thinking about how can I stop trying to hit every shot as, you know, really, really hard, really, really high and really, really aggressive. How can I hit, you know, how can I take some of the elements out of my flaws in my swing but still feel like I'm, you know, being yeah. athletic. But I think, you know, I, you know, it, it just, it, it comes down to like, where, do, how, where am I going to miss the golf ball? And not enough people think about that. Yeah. Well, most you know, people don't even have a lot of people hear that and I feel like they dismiss it because they think, right. well, how, if I could, but, if I knew where to miss it or if I was right. accurate with my misses, but, then I but, wouldn't be in this situation. But it's, but, but it's as simple as this. Okay. Right. So like, it's easier for me to say, or even for you to say, I mean, if we played a lot of golf, very good, but all right, take it to 20 handicapper, still a good golfer, but it's as simple as that. I got to be short of the screen and not not over the green. Right. Right. I got to be right of this pin and not left of the pin. Yep. So you can think about that, right? And you so, know what's also important with that, though, is awareness. And so, yeah, every, a lot of people have two-way misses, right? It's the worst place to be. Right. I've had it sure. for years. Um, sure. But even someone with a two-way miss probably has a more common miss. I said this to my dad before. I said, Dad your driver and most beginner golfers have this, they have the wipey slice, right? Um, yeah, very common. And right. my dad wouldn't be thinking about it because he's probably in his head thinking about all the mechanics that he's been working on his swing. But I said, right. Hey dad, you always, most of the time you miss it right with the driver. Where are you aiming right now off the tee? And he could barely even answer the question. He's like, I don't know, the middle of the fairway. And I go, well, why would you aim at the middle of the fairway? when your right miss is that you normally hit is in the hazard when you're, I haven't seen you pull a ball in a while. Right. So aim at the left rough or the edge of the left right. fairway, left part of the fairway. Mm -hmm. And then if yeah, you hit a perfect drive, you're in the left part of the fairway. And if you have your wipey miss and it's big, at least you're still in the right rough and you've taken the, the hazard out of play. Now that's a slippery slope because sometimes you can overcorrect and that actually makes your slice worse. But I don't think enough right. people are thinking about where to miss it. Well, I think it's, it's when you're okay, when you're on your range and you took your lesson and you're working on your takeaway or you're working on your transition, you hit that great shot. It's unbelievable, right? You know, but when you go out to the golf course, you can't be thinking about this, this idea of the great, a great shot you know you got 
people golfers don't aren't interested in taking the time to obsess over fundamentals like you to obsess over their alignment to obsess over looking at this you know pins up front you know i've got a drop off behind the green you know and i've got bunkers left well i gotta miss it short right right like but like but maybe that's a point. Maybe that's yeah. the point is you've got, you know, people are be- Hank, cause I've done this. You, yeah. I had a rank session, puring it. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it's almost like pressing a little bit. You go to the round and all you want to see is that shot right. that you just described that perfect shot. Cause and you know, so, it's in there. Cause you know, it's in there. Right. And then you're like, you get frustrated because you're not executing what you've seen yourself do before. Right. But I think the point is, is it comes down to expectations of people. You know, we've said this before on the show, Tiger won the Masters um, and then finished the worst he's ever finished in an open championship a couple months later. Right. And that's Tiger Woods. And so I think it comes down to expectations. I think this punk shot has really helped me with this. Because before yeah. you would always tell me this, we'd be texting about like what we're working on and being yeah. golf geeks or whatever. And we'll like give each other a thought before we go play. And you'd be like, all right, we'll just swing free. Don't think about all that stuff you've been working on. Just let it happen. And I historically have really struggled because to your point earlier, I needed a mental or a physical thought that I can go with. Absolutely. But that's tough to balance with being too heady and not letting the swing flow naturally. And so it's kind of helped me to feel like, okay, well, what I'm working on on the range is what I'm working on on the range. Right. But until I feel good about bringing that out to the course, right. I'm just going to like grind around the course. I'm going to like put it oh. in the back of my stance. And the funny thing is, is to other people, it probably doesn't look like I'm swinging that differently. Yeah. Right. Um, but I can get it around the course that way. And now I'm playing in the mindset of, I'm just going to slap right. it around in a way that I know I can control it. And I'm no longer like, I don't have the same level of expectation and anxiety of hoping that what I did transfers because it's brand new and right. I have all these wants and needs with it. Does that make sense? You've got, well, it does. You've got to, you've really got to separate. You practice golf to work on your moves, to work on the mechanics. And that's its own sacred area. Then when you go out to the course, you've got to play golf. Yeah. Right. Remember, it's a game. It's a game, like literally right. that somebody that somebody created with you know all these obstacles. And what you described there is helped you. Like you're not obviously satisfied because you're not fully comfortable, or you're, you're still working on a lot of mechanics. But you're actually treating it as a game, and it's helping you enjoy it, right? And it's actually right. kind of helping you play better golf, considering. You're not fully confident, right? Yep. I think that's really important. And it, that it's, it, it's an approach to how you get it. When you get out there, am I playing? And it's so easy to lose sight of it. We all, we all have. Am I, you know, am I, am I having fun thinking about this par five, about laying up or hitting it here or where should I miss it? Or, you know, a big thing too is like thinking about like, and this is something I think that like higher handicappers can take away. Like you've got a, a big green, you, you need more putts from uphill than downhill. Mm. You need more chips from uphill than downhill. So if you really want to keep it simple, and this is something that I, when I was playing a couple of days ago with Todd, 
the front nine, I was struggling. I was hitting a lot of my irons left. I was ha having to get up and down all front nine. I'm thinking, and in my head, I felt like, you know, I was trying to play a couple draws into some left hole locations. Couldn't do it. Couldn't figure it out. Like, so I had to make an adjustment. Like, you know what? Stop trying to play maybe the, the, the correct shot and just start thinking about getting on What's the green, making aggressive swings to target. But That's on top great... of that, yeah, Go ahead. yeah. No, and that's, so there's that, and on top of that, the under the whole thing, I cannot stress enough. There was two par fives where I had a great drive, and I'm 50, it's a great second shot, 50 yards out. And, you know, I had a little pitch, not bad, but 12 feet above the hole. And I don't care what you say, look at the statistics on tour, that putt's not made a lot. Yeah. And that's there defensive. was some par, two par fives where I was right there, and – Matt, what that's like a it's like a brain dead moment. You've got a if you don't, you know, if you 17 feet below the hole is the easier putt than 12 feet above the hole. Right. And I and I and I wasn't thinking about that. And so I I think that, that that brings up a good point of a lot of people, you know, you joke that when you hit it like shit on the range, you play great, and vice versa, the opposite happens. Largely that's probably because of expectations. You get all excited and then you get tight you know, on the course, cause you're excited. Oh, I must be hitting it good. I can go low today. But I think the right. better thing to maybe think about the next time you go play, if you hit the range before to your point, of course, how you hit on the range doesn't always translate, but just let's take this for an example. Let's say you're hitting your irons left on the range and maybe you normally hit a draw and some days your body just feels different. Maybe you're hitting a cut and a lot of times that could throw you off. Right. You'd be like, right. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm like hitting a right. cut and these fades and I'm, I've been hitting a draw for over a year. And that translates to tension, anxiety. And then you might have an entire round, five hours of fighting that. Whereas mm -hmm. maybe you got to take what your body's given to you. Maybe yeah. you take that as, okay, maybe I'm playing a fade today and you treat it like this fun, curious little experiment where you're like, Hey, well, the body is a little tighter. I'm going to play cuts today until it says I can't. Yeah. And then you adjust. Tiger talked about that, especially, you know, late nineties and early two thousands playing rounds where I'm hitting draws from fade stances. Like, <laughs> you, like, and it, you know, you've really got to, you really got to listen to your body because like the range, right. That morning warm up, and everybody should do it because you know, it, 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 what do I got today? Right. It's, you know, how did my night go? How did I sleep? I was in the car right there. Right. <laughs> and then, and you really, and I don't think enough people like a warm up really is a lot about just getting your body loose. It's not a time to work on things, but it's a time to recognize what yeah. is happening. You know, and my, it's it took a me time seven for holes. awareness, not exact, not took me. Yeah. It took me seven holes to figure it out. This a couple days ago at Cowdy run first couple holes. I hit a couple like, over the top short irons, but got away with them. Pretty good shots. And then I, you know, was trying to kind of shape in some second shots and I'm just missing irons left. I hate it. Like, I mean, it makes me sick, you know, it makes me just like sick. And I'm like, you know what, just, you know, and I, I'm just like, get back to just kind of squaring, squaring up your shoulders and, you know, and just trying to hit something with more of a little cut. And so was that your number one? Take, take is, what you can get. You know, and I, and I shot, 
you know, I was two over on the back. I was even on, or two over on the front, even on the back, right? Yeah. And Is that, let's do a poker reference to be on tilt. What shot puts <laughs> you, what miss puts you on tilt? Is it the left miss with the irons? It's yes. The, uh, the driver, I mean, I don't like hitting the left driver, but I can deal with it. Hitting, hitting, oh my God, mid irons, or God forbid, short irons. Um, God forbid. <laughs> left, left to the green, you know, is, um, it, it's a, it, to me, it's, it's a helpless feeling, you know. Mm. Um, but I was able, you know, not, not every run, but I was able to recognize, like, you're just overthinking this. And if you don't have it today, quit trying to do it. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and, uh, and then when you, you know, as you know, like, when you, if you don't see that kind of, results early in the round then you just start steering right you just start trying to guide everything into like yeah. minimize the big miss and then the misses can get even worse right because you're not letting it release and creates a little hitch but that you think let's use this as an example for a second because i've noticed that there are there's a there's two distinct um states for me when i play golf one is I'm really happy to be there. I've been looking forward to it. I really am pretty carefree and I'm pretty calm and I'm embracing wherever the ball goes, I'm going to embrace it. Right. I might still be like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, like that shot again, but I move on pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other one, which is, you know, those days you might have this when you miss it left with a mid iron where you literally feel like you want to snap a club like Mm -hmm. that, that shot, like for me, it's the block, the 50 yard block with the driver that just goes off the reservation is just drives, drives me nuts. You just feel like, am I, have I ever played sports in my life? Yeah. It's like literally, have I ever played (laughs) this game? I've been playing this for 15 years. Have I literally ever played like that is a drive I hit when I was first starting. And then your mind, your ego starts and it's like, oh, well, I must regressed or how shitty am I? I can't even get the ball in, in the fairway, right? But it's, it, so what I've noticed is, is those times when I want to snap a club or you're like, God damn it, you know, you just kind of have that to yourself. Yeah. That's sure. because the only reason I have that reaction is because I'm trying to shoot a score. I noticed this when I was playing with uh, my girlfriend's dad um, and I played like shit the first time because I was sick and I had body aches and I like could barely even hit the ball and I was embarrassed. Potential, right? he, potential, you might've had COVID in the early days. I mean, who knows? Right. Um, you were sick as a, you were sick as a dog. I mean, he but heard anyways. I was a single digit handicap. He was really excited, you know, yeah. to, to take me out and I played awful. And so this, we drove up there a month ago and or not even like a couple of weeks ago and we played and there's a part of me that's like, God, I really want to redeem myself. I want to show them that I can play. Right. And already putting a little pressure on yourself. I noticed the first few holes I'd have those shots and I would start to be like, God damn it. And that's because I was wanting to play good. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't play good else. when I want to play good. But, and for somebody else too. Yeah. And so I was just putting way too much tension on it. And then every time this has happened, when I 
what usually happens is you play like shit the first six holes and then you say, okay, well, I guess I don't have it. Forget it. And then you start trying to just have fun. And then the next 13 holes you play great or you score. Okay. Because the tension's gone. So to me, the learning is the outcome. The attachment to outcome is everything. But again, that's hard to do when you're spraying it around the reservation. So how do you do that? How do you not care about the outcome when the outcome is shitty every time? That's the question, (laughs) right? For most people, most people only have a few good shots around. Yeah. And they're happy about those. And that's what keeps them coming back. So for that golfer that's listening, most of your shots are shitty. How do you not care? about the outcome or or look at it like this i have okay every golfer whether you're a, on tour or you're a 25 handicap has a couple really like amazing shots around like in their perspective right yeah. okay kala morikawa 25 local handicapper that plays every weekend okay like uh, like amazing moments like you walked out that round like and you named just a couple shots right so okay but what about all the rest of the shots in there? Were they really that bad? Do we need to start thinking like, oh, that actually really wasn't a bad shot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, really you know, quick. Like that, that's Let me a jump good, in for that's one a good second. Mi- that's a good miss. <laughs> because actually, I just watched a video. Scratch posted this on Twitter like an hour ago. Colin Marikawa's coach. I don't know if he's his mental coach or swing coach or both. Oh, he's, worked but, with, he's with Pat Goss from Northwestern. Yeah, he said, yeah, he said they don't. They treat every shot as a learning opportunity. There's no, in their minds, there's no such thing as a good and bad shot. Yeah. Because I saw that too. um, He, I think he went back to his home course and he, the first hole is really narrow. He hit it uh, in iron into the green and it rolled off. And the guy asked him, okay, well, did you hit the ball the way you wanted to? He goes, actually, yeah, I hit it just like I wanted to. I just didn't hit it long as, as, as long as I thought I did. He's like, okay, well, maybe there was some wind. Maybe there was a lapse of judgment on wind. Maybe we didn't factor in the slope. It was a little uphill. Um, and, you know, we'll take that as a learning and we'll go in. So maybe the next time you're like, okay, I've been hitting it a little bit shorter or I didn't factor this in, right? Exactly. Um, and so maybe I think that's a really important key is the way to save your round mentally when the physical is not cooperating is to remember that you really just need one good shot to, or one moment to take away on the day. And if that's all you're, cause I, I once heard someone say, which really struck me, they hit like a really good shot, really good iron shot. And the guy, I think it was an older guy that was paired with us. And he said, well, I got what I came for today. And that's all he wanted was to have one it. moment of, of greatness, <laughs> right? Right. And like, if that's what somebody, you want. Or you, you, may, you, may, you make a putt late in the round, ugh, my day's made, right? Like, right. At least I, I ended on a good note after I shot 110, but I'm happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And right? so, you know, if your goal, maybe think about your goal for the day. Like, why are you even playing golf? Right. Like, for me, I play it because – there's a direct correlation. Number one, I like having something to work on. And there's a direct that's correlation. Prob- that's probably also your Achilles heel. Could be. Um, but, but, but you're not the only one. I mean, I've been there too. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. 
but I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy like yeah. learning about the swing. But you you love the process. Yeah, you love. A lot of people don't like to practice. You right. like to practice. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, I think I I see a direct correlation with um, my mindset. Like I can think about something differently mm-hmm. and go out and play and see direct result to how it went. And to me, yeah. that's fun. But a lot yeah. of people don't know why they play it. And so maybe well, that's a good thing to ask yourself. Is Well, what? I don't, I think a lot, yeah, uh, why they play it or, and, and really how to play it. How to play it. Like, because when it's like the first couple holes and you just don't know where your ball's going, you, for, you forget about course management. You forget about what each hole brings you. And you're just trying to find the fairway or not hit it out of bounds, right? And not snap a club over your knee, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, everybody's going to have their own takeaways from the round, but I think good, bad, or indifferent, we have to keep, you have to remember that you are playing a game and it's a land full of obstacles and you, that never that can go away. Yeah. But it, it does. It does. I think Eric Lang yeah. said something on our show yeah. that struck me. He said, isn't a par more fun when it's from the trees than the middle of the fairway? And so for him, he sees every shot as a, a fun opportunity and adventure. Yeah. And I know it might sound cliche, but a lot of times things are cliches because there's a lot of truth in them. Right. Yeah. And so don't dismiss something just because it sounds like a cliche. Like, Actually, tell yourself, you know, even if you, a lot of, some people might be listening to this and be like, well, I suck at golf. I'm not really thinking about course management. I just want to go have a few beers and, and get away for four or five hours and see friends. And that's why I play it, even though I suck. And that's great. That's great. But to me, if the goal is to have fun, then your mindset is everything. Because if and you're beating I'm, yourself up for five hours over a game, you know you're not good at. Well, on, on top of that, Ev, if, like you said, if you've just got real simple expectations, and that can be a very good thing. Hey, you're, you might have just hit that shot, you know, 30 yards right, but your next shot could be the greatest shot you've ever hit out of the trees in your life. Yeah. Like, right? So yeah. everything's an opportunity. Your next shot, that could be the best putt, longest putt you ever hold up. Right. That should put a smile on your face. Yeah. Right. And if you think about it like that, it's going to happen at some point. And then after that round, it's like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I hit that punch shot out of the trees from 150 yards. I put it up on the green. Yeah. I've never done that before. <laughs> you know, I but find- like if you, but if you, but, but if you're so caught up, right, or Jarvis, but mastering your moments, if you're so caught up on how bad that's hurt that, that drive was, you're going to have a hard time thinking about what you need to do in the next shot. You know, yeah. you agree? No, for sure. I think one thing that I sometimes say to myself is I kind of smile to myself and I say, this is just such a silly game, right? Yeah. Like I was playing Ooh, a yeah. month ago and literally the whole front nine, I was missing everything, fairways, greens, yet yeah. I would get up and down. And then I had about three holes in a row where I hit the fairway and I hit the green or just off the green, and I was making bogeys. And it's like, at some point, you know, learn something, you know, if that's something you want to do and you want to get better at the game, then take your learnings. But there's also an acceptance that comes with just, it's a crazy, it's the craziest game. 
And when you know that, then you can kind of have fun with it and kind of laugh at it. Like being able to laugh at the bad shots might be the answer to this whole episode. Well, and not being able to laugh at it. Everybody who's listening to this knows a lot about Phil Mickelson, but honestly, in our lifetime, he's the best example of this. That guy has more fun when he plays. Have you ever seen a guy smile, smile more, talk to the crowd more, go, go for it more? Yeah, I mean, we can laugh at you know the aviator shades and the joggers now. I mean, God bless the guy. But like, or the videos of him like telling the cameraman, "You better get this one." Right? Was that the Presidents Cup? You know, he's like under the tree and skipped out of the water. Yeah. Like, but th- that's a visual because we can see him on TV. But like, my God, if more if more of us in all abilities or whatever whatever reason why we play golf to be like Phil in that aspect. Cause he just looks at it like it's just some big playground. Right. I mean, well, because he's hitting flops, you know, you gotta know how to do this. You know, we don't right. be overusing the flop that, but like, you know, but he, he's hitting flops from one, one foot off the green. Like, but he looks like, Oh, well maybe that's the shot I should like. He just, he's always thinking about the task at hand, but Hey, this is like getting back to it. Eric Henry's like, this is a fun opportunity. Yeah. And if I screw up, well, you know what? The next shot might be one for the highlight reel. Yeah. I, I feel like the way Phil thinks is the way a normal golfer could think. You know? Well, because he's thinking about making shots. He's not thinking of, well, obviously he's concerned about score too, but he's so good he can. I yeah. think the key there is making shots. Look, Phil Mickelson, he's one of the greatest players of all time, but he's been an inaccurate driver his whole life. So what does he do? He has more fun trying to, like, you know, because right. he, he knows that, like, well, this is the fun part. <laughs> right. I mean, the guy had two drivers in his bag at a major. Yeah. No drivers in his bag at a major. Right. You know, so, you know, playing from the trees all day obviously isn't fun, and not, nobody's Phil Nicholson, but, boy, he, he, he's got a – that's an attitude. When people yeah. are trying to you – know, that's an, it's an attitude thing. You know, yeah. I'll be honest with you. When I was playing this past week, I mean, like I said, I got, I was like, I was, I don't know, I was one over the back nine. I was hitting it good on the back nine, but I hit a par five and two. I three putted. And I was really mad at myself. And then I three putted for par. I get to the next hole. I hit it to three feet and miss the putt. So, you know, I have an opportunity to really shoot, you know, birdie, birdie right there. And yeah. the next hole was a 200 yard par three into the wind. And I hit a pretty good shot, not perfect, but about 30 feet left. You had to hit fringe. three with there, I'm just assuming? I was actually a three hybrid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, was at, I was about 30 feet left, pin high. I mean, long hole, you know. And I was about, it was like five yards off the fringe. And, and it was wet and slow. And I should have chipped it, but my mind, went, I, was, I was mad. I was still mad about what happened. I'm like, I got to prove to myself, I need to putt this. I'm putting terrible. I need to hit a good putt. And I hit it seven feet short, and I missed the next putt. <laughs> What I should have done, but you know, like I really, that I should have, I was chipping great all day. I should have chipped that. The right shot was to chip it, but I was still caught up in two putts from the last two holes, you know, and yeah. it, cloud, it clouded my judgment because I got so obsessed with some immediate results and didn't stop to think about the shot. You need to chip this over the fringe. What happened? The ball got caught up in the fringe, but I was trying to like, Prove myself like you need to hit a good punt. And what did that do? It got worse. Yeah. 
Well, actually, this is something I had written down. I'm glad you brought this up. I want to talk about this. I've noticed that usually more times than not, um, the first hole is usually one of my best drives of the day. And I think that's because... Not many people say that. I know. And I think, but for me, that's because um, I'm focused more on, okay, let's just nice and easy, tempo, nice and easy. I have... nothing's happened in the round yet. I'm totally fresh, right? Yeah. I feel like I can play decent that day. But then to your point with the putting, you start missing them right. Now the entire day is about fighting the right miss, right? And so I guess my question is, how do you adapt and know where your body is and your misses and make the necessary adjustments, but don't let it become an obsession mentally where now you're tight and fighting versus playing loose before the round started at the range when you thought anything could happen. Right. Right. That's a really tough balance. Yeah. The biggest thing you've got to do is you've got to convince or trick your mind that you're being aggressive no matter what shot you hit. Yeah. Whether, whether I'm hitting, I'm swinging like Bryson DeChambeau or I'm taking two clubs extra, you know, but you got to make, you still got to shift your weight to the left. Yeah. Right. Because I think what you've found a little success with, you know, hitting some knockdowns, but you're still moving on it. Right. And I think, you know, I think if you're not feeling aggressive, that's a great way to be aggressive because you have to come right down on it. And and for putting, right. If you're, if you're leaving putts kind of short, and right. You're looking up, you're not trusting, get your head. Like when I talk about simple thoughts, make a big turn, keep your head down. Yeah. Right. Get, just keep, forget, don't think about your stroke. Don't think about your shoulders. Don't think about your hands. If you keep your head down, that putter is going to go through and at least have solid contact. The other thing that's really helped me. And that helps you feel aggressive. Keep in mind too, if you're really struggling, I've done this actually at the member guest with Ryan. Um, So a lot of people have, it's very uh, cut and dry. I have 135. Okay, that's my pitching wedge yardage, right? But what I've started to learn is, well, that's my stock hit it solid pitching wedge yardage. If it's 138 and it's a front flag and I don't hit it perfect, or even if I do hit it perfect, it might spin off, right? And so what I started to realize is instead of just hitting my club that is the stock when I hit it perfect yardage, what I started to do is I would take an extra club, I'd choke down, and I'd swing really light. Yep. And I started hitting all these greens. Because what I found is you're not going to hit it perfect. You're eliminating, you're eliminating the big mess. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't hitting it perfect, but at least the added loft gave me like a little boost. And I was right. still hitting the middle of the greens. And so that's another Love thing it. too to keep in mind. If you're really struggling with hitting greens and your yardages, take one more club, choke down, and swing light and see what right. that does. Well, know? here's the thing. You can, you can still be aggressive, right? You know, it's right. like, okay, I've got, you've got the extra club. You're going to swing it, you know. So you don't have to Move. do much. feel like you have to do as much work. Right. Right? So that's, that's, a, that's, I mean, that's good recognition. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about some days you're not um, that into it. Like some days, yeah. like this morning, it was for me. I was like, I was a little tired. My body felt kind of stiff. 
you know, it wasn't like the nicest course. A lot of times if you're playing a great sure. course, you can kind of get up for that, you know? For sure. Um, sometimes probably more so for you because you had to go out and play every day in competition. Yeah. But how do you, for me, it's really hard to play well when I'm not excited to be there. Is it just the, well, I, I think you're right. I think that's well, some days long. you're not just, you're just not into it. Maybe you're, you don't feel like being out there or something hurts. Other things on your mind. You got, you got work on your mind. You yeah. I got other things on your mind. Should I really be playing? Right. I, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with that mindset again of like, yeah. if you're not really into it, then are you really going to be like going after it? Are you really going to have like good rhythm or are you thinking about getting off the course? Are you thinking about getting to the next hole and you're always thinking about what you're going to do next instead of like actually being in the shot, thinking about what you want to do. Well, it's really hard I mean, to focus. Think, well, why did tour players got, you know, win one week and miss the cut the next? Cause they don't need to that second. Week. Well, or, you know, or, or, you know, or, you know, finish, you know, sixth or seventh. Did their swing just disappear? No. Well, maybe their flight was late coming in. Maybe they had a sponsor situation. Maybe you know, they got a fight with their wife. You know, like, yeah. so, right? So I think the simple, I think this, if you can't, if, you're, if you don't have everything in line off the course, it's going to be hard to have it in line on the course. But I think the simple answer is that it's like you've got, a, you've got an entitlement problem. Right. Like, right. My God, I'm on the golf course. I know. Right? So you have to have them, but you have to, like, you walk in, you're, you know, whatever, you're just not happy or grumpy. Maybe the guys you play with aren't fun, slow out there, but it's like, Ace of play is a great one, right? Sometimes yeah. it's so easy. Sure. You're waiting on every shot. You can't get into a rhythm. Suddenly you create this story. That's another thing that's huge about the mental game when you're playing bad and everything's yeah. going wrong is the story you're creating in your mind, Right. right. It's really easy to create the story of God, I just suck. I'm so sick of being so bad at this game. Why do I even play? This is the worst. You should quit. It's so slow. I can't believe we have to wait on every shot. There's a million things, right? You're done. The, the course is in bad shape. Greens are terrible, right? Or how about that, right? I feel like you putt should have gone in. Oh, these greens suck. Terrible mindset. Terrible yeah. mindset. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, why do you look? That's like, why do you love this game in the first place? Totally. I mean, it, I think it just comes down to, you know, weather is another one of those where oh, yeah. it's a little bit chilly or there's a little bit of mist, right? Ricky has said this all the time on tour where w- Ricky, you know, grew up in the wind. And so Ricky yeah. embraces it because you have to embrace it. Right. If you don't right. embrace the elements, then... How are you supposed to play a really hard game if right. you assume that it's going to be miserable? Right. Right. You just have yeah, to try and embrace everything. That's what makes golf so challenging, right? You wake, your body feels different every day. And the course can be different every time. Right. Right. The conditions, you know, but man, why do I, why do I, why do I love this game? Right. And so, but maybe there's got to be little things you got to do for yourself out there. You know, I think music's been a great thing on the course for cart golf, you know, because, like, it's a distraction, especially if you're waiting, keeps the vibe loose. Yeah, it's a good vibe. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Some people like a couple of seltzers, you know. Craft you know, seltzer, maybe? Local? You know, craft seltzer, transfusion. But, like, whatever helps you get back to feel like, my God, 
it could be a lot worse right now, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to I, me, I mean, what, do you, what, what would you say is the takeaway here? I think that, I, I mean, a lot of what we talked about is like, how do we manage? How do we manage our expectations? How do we manage bad golf? How do we make bad rounds into good ones? And I think, I think everybody's got to have, find a way to stay aggressive and treat golf as a game, not some um, exhibition to prove, you know, that your results are going to prove something. Yep. You know, but I think it's, but, but I really think, but I really think the takeaway is that people need to work, practice harder on their just simple course management, simple ways to miss the golf ball where you need to miss it. And I don't think enough people do that. They don't think about how many uphill putts that I have that round. Yeah. You know, think about how many shots I hit short in the fairway as opposed to short in the bunker, you know, that, you know, it's actually a, it's kind of a fun, really, Go ahead. If you're willing, if you're willing to break it down, if you actually, because of course, you know, if you, if you don't care and you're just going to like beat it around and have fun, that's totally cool, right? Yeah. That's cool. I think this still applies though, because you're probably going to have more fun um, if you have the ability to control the fun you're having based on your mindset, because you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if you really want to get better and have more fun in the process, then Taking it on as like a little bit of a project where you say, all right, let's see, let's make a little note. I used to make these little marks on my cards where I would put a dot yep. in the top left of the box if I hit a fairway, dot in the top right of the box to hit a, a green, and then I would put a little uh, numerator number next to my score for the number of putts. And then I'd look back right. at the end of the round, I'd say, hmm. How many fairways and greens did I hit? You could go a step further to your point and say, I missed it left, like a dot L, a dot right, or dot R. You know, if you miss it, um, I guess then it'd be no dot, but you get the point. Um, And having that understanding then is like, okay, I guess I missed most of them right. You know, let me aim a little bit more left. Create many games for yourself. Yeah. Right? You know? Um, and I really think if for the full swing is, I think for a lot of people out there, if they just focused on just, Hey, I'm going to make a good athletic turn, I'm going to sway off the golf ball, but I'm going to make a good athletic turn into my right side. And then when I get on the green, I'm going to keep my head down. Yeah. That's it. Those are two thoughts. And, uh, if we got back, if we got back to some of those, I mean, that's really, really going to help you. I think that's going to minimize damage out there, right? Because that's what it's, yeah. that's what golf's about. <laughs> yeah, limiting right? the Isn't damage, right? Not making double bogeys. Yeah, right? yeah. I guess my closing <laughs> statement would be something that's really helped me, not just in golf but in life, is awareness. And it sounds cliche, but I think the the key there is if you're not aware of the things that you're doing, you can't change them. Right. And so right. Eric Lang talked about this again a bit on our last episode with him uh, a few months ago, which was this example that he read in Zen Golf, which is a great book. If you haven't read great it, book. 
it's a great book. Um, but it, it, it's all about counting your negative thoughts. And so just for fun, just like you would do, maybe you keep track of how many fairways you missed to the right or the left. Um, or long or short for greens, whichever way, right? Sure. Keep track, make a little mark on your scorecard the next time you play about how many negative thoughts you say or think throughout a round. Or to make it even more simple, how many shots did I not commit to today? Yeah, or that, or both. Because ne- when negative thoughts take over, you don't commit to the shot, Yeah. right? Right. Yeah. One is much more about committing to the shot is a mental approach to – give the shot the best chance to be successful. The other, what I'm talking about is more about how enjoying the, the round more, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and so it's, it goes to this fact of let's just do it as a game, right? I'm not trying to be a guru out there, but let's right. just do it as a game. I wonder how many negative things I say to myself on the course. I'm going to make a tally. And I bet you, you're going to be surprised by how many negative things you say to yourself, whether that's, God, you idiot. God, can you even play golf? Oh, great shot there, Alice. You know, all these things we say. I bet you, you have upwards of 15 to 18, a bad thought a hole. I bet you, maybe more. And what's going to happen is when you start telling that, you are training your mind to recognize that. And what's, you're going to start to catch yourself before you say it. And you're going to start being able to use right. uh, mindfulness, whatever you want to call it, to change those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so you become more calm when you play. You're right. less reactive. It creates you good enjoy re- yourself it, more. It, it, yeah, it really creates good recognition too. Yeah. Right? Because long the driver might agonize, make you more you know, mad than somebody who can't, you know, who's in the bunker. So like, where do I really get negative out? Right. So then you can kind of find your spots of like, I mean, you can't fix it all in one day, but you're be aware, have recognition. Oh, you know, I see where I can start to implement the positivity. Right. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is that's a good point in the fact that we all know these shots that we're really uncomfortable with. Right. A lot of high handicappers are really uncomfortable in the bunker. Let's Absolutely. use a bunker for an example. I can't get out of it, right? So if you, know, if you know that you're really bad in the bunker, then not to just play your whole round to avoid it, but there's ways, there's club selections, there's angles you can take, there's playing to a miss to make sure that you're giving yourself the best opportunity to avoid the things you're not un- you're uncomfortable with so that when you have time you can go practice those things but i've taken i think club selection is so underrated yep. ryan and i my our buddy debate about this all the time in the member guest because i feel like there's all these times that he just hammers driver everywhere and to me it goes down to my t- 10 shot rule i think about t- in 10 scenarios trying to drive a green over this ditch where there's bunkers and trees and it's really hard up and down. How often am I going to, what's my average score going to be on 10 holes trying to drive the green on that miraculous chance that you even hit the green and the ball stays in the green. You still got to make a a two putt, right? A really long two putt. 
Versus sure. if I hit a five iron or a four iron or a hybrid or six iron, whatever, I've hit six irons in the fairways because I know it's going to leave me 130, which is a yardage I love with my pitching wedge, light, smooth pitching wedge. I'm going to hit the green probably more often hitting a six iron pitching wedge than driving the green or having but, but, 30 yards in, right? But why, but why is that, F? I think it's because, because of the dispersion not, of my driver, right? Right. And because like, what I was saying, you're like, you're right, but it's all about what makes you feel aggressive. Yeah. But that to me, for Ryan, yeah, there's a, it's you're the right. Driver. There's a, no, totally. Yeah. I think it depends yeah, on for, you, yeah, right? It depends sure. on, for like, me, it's like, I'm still going to be aggressive because I could still make birdie. Right. Right. But I know out of 10 times, I'm going to be in the fairway, eight of them. I'm going to be on the green seven, six of them. And that's going right. to be more. At the end of the day in golf, if you trust your gut more, you're going to, you're going to shoot better scores. Like yeah. today, I don't know if you caught, what hole was it? 13? That short par four. So Hovland, JT, and Morikawa. So JT hit a five, 308 yard par four with the water right. JT hit a five iron down the middle. Hovland hit a driver into the water, right? Morikawa hit a driver to 10 feet. Then JT hit it to six feet for birdie, right? So JT could hit that shot, but in that moment, right, he feels most aggressive hitting that iron. And Morikawa could play his cut off the bunker, and he felt most aggressive, right? They were only but tied for the lead. They were, so, you know, and Hovland had hit that shot twice on the green all week. So he got up there like, you know what? I know this shot. And he, I yeah. mean, it just bounced in the water for the last second. But there's a so, funny balance that it's what can I be most aggressive with, but also what do I feel most comfortable with? Right. But I think comfort creates aggressive. Yes. That's a good point. That's a good point. Cause some people ask me, I play with, um, you know, my girlfriend's getting back into it. She was a good player growing up, Yeah. but she'll ask me what she should hit. I don't know what yeah. she should hit. Same, yeah. I don't so, know what her yardages are. I don't know. A lot of people say you should put it if you can, but if you're more comfortable chipping it, then chip it. Well, yeah, our buddy Brandon Pavnik, we play a lot of golf with the guys. Have, the guy's got a lot of game, but he's a basket case. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, you're hitting driver here. He just dropped a I lot mean, of cash yeah. on new clubs with Club Champion too. Yeah, I, I heard. He goes, you're hitting driver here. I'm like, yeah, that's why I feel good about it. He goes, should I hit driver? I goes, you just hit whatever makes you feel aggressive. Is is it a hybrid? Is it a three wood? Yeah. You know, obviously these are going to be on holes where you kind of make. It, got to make a decision like yeah you know like those mid-range par fours or maybe a 400 yard par four what is going to make you step up to that and just swing aggressive so here's a great example this was mind-blowing to me and some people might scoff at this because it's like it's a par five and you're hitting a hybrid off the tee but let me describe this to you okay i know i i I, this can this can work i know okay so there's this par five back home and our member guest with ryan where i think it's number seven it, it goes a little uphill and then it goes dead left downhill. There's a bunker at the, t- at the corner of it. Um, and you got to go over water to a really tight green that's surrounded by water and bunkers, right? I have carried the, I've cut the corner many times the driver and had around yep. 200, 220 in. Um, and I get excited because I can try and hit that green. And I've hit it in the water. I hit it into the bunker. 
and it's a very high risk shot. When I realized that, but also my driver, when hitting driver, I can go in that bunker. Or if I hit it right, I can go into the houses where there's OB. I can go long if I hit it too straight, which is trees and houses. And I realized, okay, well, the three wood can go in that bunker, which can get buried and you can get Mm -hmm. really high lip, bad lie. Most of the time I'm not getting in this par five and two. And when I realized that, I was like, huh, I've got a huge fairway. My hybrid has no chance to go in that bunker. My hybrid cannot go too long. It's very rare that I miss my hybrid way right. And so now I'm like, your your mind's free. Your mind's free. Three shot hole. I'm going to hit a seven iron, six iron in. You have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And more, I I played that suddenly that hole that used to create all this anxiety and high scores. Now was me hitting casual pars, net birdies for our team because I was playing it in the best way that put me in the best possible chance for success. I don't think it's, a lot of people think that way, especially high plan. handicappers. Have a plan and commit to it. I mean, Evan, there's, I can't tell how many more, you know, those longer par fives with, with trouble left off the tee where I've just said, I'm hitting a three wood, three iron, 58, and I'm going to make a putt. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know. And then all of a sudden, you've got this whole feeling of aggressiveness, right? Because right. I've got my plan and I'm sticking to it, right? Yeah. And love I, think, I love that. It's huge recognition. Quit trying to be a hero on a par five. Get yeah. it and play. We're trying to be a hero in general. How many times do you hit par fives in two, even good players? Not a lot. Right. Yeah. Usually, you actually it's just get the that second shot on the green. green. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just such a miraculous feeling when you do. So you try and get that feeling again, right? Yeah. But I think what it comes down to, this is another point, and maybe I'll end on this, is it's just like life. When you forget and you stop giving a shit of what everyone else is thinking, what everyone else is doing, and you're just like, okay, I don't really care what my friends are doing. I don't really care if they give me shit, but I know that my best chance to make par and ride that train is hybrid six iron wedge. And that's me, right? And this club, this hole that's got trouble right and I've been spraying it, I'm hitting three wood because it's easier to hit like a little stinger or it's easier to hit a draw with my three wood than the driver right now. Or I'm going to hit hybrid again. And you just roll with what's working for you and you remember that it's a game and you remember that it's supposed to be hard and you give yourself the best chance. And, And I think focus on your controllables and that's it. Well, and we're all, we're all about the par train here. We're all about making pars. So to close this thing out today, don't ever take par out of the equation, right? So when you hit a great job, great drive, and you're 120 yards out, make sure to put that thing on the green. Don't get too aggressive and end up in a bunker, right? Or you hit that drive, you hit that drive and the tree's right. Make sure you get that next shot in play on a par four so you can then be on the green. To at least yeah, have stop a trying to hit a miraculous a look at par. Right? Yeah. So have a plan, even if it's a quote unquote conservative plan that your buddies might think, be aggressive with that plan, right? Yeah. And when you stop taking, when you always keep par in the equation, you'll find yourself making an extra birdie and not making that extra double. Yeah. And that's, that's five a strokes. Great, that's that's four a great five point. So, yeah, so many people. I used to, this was one of the biggest mistakes I made starting the game 
was you make one mistake and then you try and be a hero to like get it back on the green with like a three wood over trees. And it's like, no, this is my, (laughs) this is my chance to take my medicine and put it back in place so that I can make bogey instead of double. And that's going to control your mind. Our coach growing up always said, guys, the trees are full of heroes. (laughs) And it's so true. And it is so true. Everybody thinks they're better than they are in there. So our train, our train. I love that. And on on that trees are full of heroes. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, this was great. I'm, I'm glad that we got it a little bit more about, you know, not just the mental game, but mental game when everything's going wrong, you know, it's good to chip away. The old, uh, this has been a great little mini series. I think. Uh, Yeah. You know, we'll we'll keep it going again here. So all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. See you.